Welcome to another episode of Me and My Teen and the News, and our dog Lulu is here too, that you may or may not hear from her. I'm Tim. I'm Ben. And we were on vacation last week, took a week off, so I hope you weren't too disappointed not to hear us for a week, but now we've got double the entertaining analysis of the news, because that's what we do here on this podcast. So Benjamin, uh, you know, as we start this second full week or third full week, April 12th, the week of, as however you want to look at it. Uh, what's going on in your world? Mm, not much, really. No? Mm, not really. I mean, same old, same old. How's your new video game stream going? Yeah, pretty good. Except for the Wi-Fi that keeps dropping out? Yeah. Mm, anybody has suggestions out there for keeping your Wi-Fi from dropping out, go ahead and send them as your comments on this podcast so that Benjamin can... Expertly stream his... Which two games are you streaming? Overwatch and Pokemon. And shameless plug, your gaming tag is... Vortex VGC. There you go. So if all of you go out there and find his stream, I'm sure you'll be entertained. Let's talk about news. Have you watched any news in the past two weeks? Uh, well, I mean, there's the Derek Chauvin trial that keeps yeah. going on. Have you been following it closely? Not really. There's just been a lot of witnesses. Yeah. And trials take a long time. I mean, they're not over in like five hours. They're over in like five months. I know. And like Law and Order, they're over in like 22 minutes or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So they definitely want to go through every possible conceivable way of proving one way or the other his guilt or innocence. Um, did you notice all the headlines focused on how his fellow police officers are testifying against him, including his former chief yeah normally they don't do that right that is a big change in things it's very rare to see police officers testify against each other like that yay police accountability (laughs) about time yeah but of course uh, did you see the tragic news in these i believe it's suburban minnesota with the fatal shooting today um the traffic stop one Mm mm-hmm uh, yeah, so their official report is, he didn't mean to shoot him, he meant to taser him, but he grabbed his gun by accident. Hold, hold up, we're having police out on the streets who accidentally shoot people? Like, you don't accidentally, it's like, oh, my mistake, well, I killed a guy, whoops. Was it, uh, I don't know if it was a male officer or a female officer, um, yeah, you know, the police chief was asked if the officer would be fired, and he said that you'd have to wait for due process. What do you think about that? Also known as red tape time. <laughs> well, that is kind of true. When a, police officer, when a police officer does anything, they never get fired because police unions exist. Yeah. And so then they have internal reviews, which basically means, eh, you're fine. Well, or eventually, you know, someone might be fired or prosecuted it's almost more likely to be prosecuted than fired um but you're exactly right and that's a very astute observation because it seems like an immediately fireable offense to get your taser and your gun mixed up and kill somebody but in police departments there are are almost no immediately fireable offenses because you have to go through that due process review of course that doesn't make people feel necessarily any better about yet another completely avoidable fatal traffic stop for, I believe, expired tags and uh, an air freshener hanging from the mirror. Now, you are 
a year away from your driver's license, basically. Um, do those seem like worthwhile reasons to pull somebody over? Uh, no, it's mostly just racism. Mm. It's pretty much just that. I mean, police officers with traffic stops, I mean, they are allowed to search your car without a warrant. Mm -hmm. If they suspect suspicious activity. Like an air freshener. Yeah, like an air freshener. It's like, huh, something smells weird. It's either that air freshener or drugs. Mm -hmm. Well, we're going to have to search the car now. Now, if you excuse me, I have to plant some evidence. Yeah. Now, we are we don't live in Minnesota, um, but you've paid attention to these stories. Um, it's uh, almost mind-boggling mind how an incident like this could happen so close to where the Derek Chauvin trial is happening as it takes place. What do you expect the community to do? Uh, well, more protests? I mean, yeah, I mean, it's just been pretty much non-stop. You would think it would change, don't you? Yeah, it's kind of endless. It's an endless cycle. Police shoot a black guy, there's protests. Okay, everything dies down. Police shoot another black guy, more protests. So I don't think unless something actually changes that the problem is going to be solved. Well, I do know that there are police departments who have undergone rigorous changes in training and how they certify officers, but I would not say it's the majority of departments. Uh, and there is something to the idea that we police officers are the last line and first line of defense, so to speak, on so many different things that it's impossible for anybody to be fully qualified for in terms of handling mental illness and medical emergencies. But traffic stops seem like something they should be qualified to be able to do without shooting an unarmed person. Yeah, and I mean, there have been approaches like, I think in the city of Eugene, Oregon, mm -hmm. they've instead decided for mental health and non-violent you know, violent calls they send, like, social worker-type people who aren't armed and can't arrest you. Well, And, first of all, that it makes sure that, you know, trained professionals specifically, specifically trained for this task are responding to it and trying to de-escalate the situation. And also, they cost a lot less. Well, that is, unfortunately, social workers are terribly underpaid for the amount of education that they have. Yep. Uh, but uh, they are also underinvested in. They really could make a big difference in all of our communities if they were involved in those calls instead of officers who have to handle such a wide variety of things. Um, but that's where we are, I guess. Uh, and, you know, you would think there'd be enough training to know which side is your taser and which side is your gun. Yeah. A police officer. I mean, police officers in the U.S., don't get a whole lot of training. In the U.S., you have to train for more hours to get certified to be a hairstylist than you do a police officer, which is like, hold up. We're giving hairstylists more training than the people that we send out into our communities with guns to keep us safe. I mean, that doesn't exactly seem like a great idea. Yeah, um, nothing against training for hairstylists, but... Um... Maybe police officers should get at least as much training as they do. Uh, speaking of terrible tragedies, have you seen the, the developing news 
about the shooting in Knoxville? Uh, yeah, very briefly. I don't know if anyone was killed or not. This was the shooting, as we record, that's been happening at a high school in Knoxville, Tennessee, as students have gone back to class, as the, vac- as the vaccine has um, come into play and life is returning to sort of normal. Uh, there have been, I'm not even sure how many mass shootings now. Um, we know that there at this point, and I'm sure there'll be more reporting as they go on, there are multiple shooting victims, including a police officer at this high school in Knoxville. Um, you know, you've done a lot of, you've done some training in your schools for what to do in this kind of thing, which is sad that that has to even happen. But Yeah, you know, eventually, what, what number mass shooting are we on this year? Like number 30 or something? I'm not even sure. Like, eventually it just gets to the point where it's like, oh, another one? Huh, that's sad. Don't worry, the government will do something eventually. Mm-hmm. It reminds me, you know, one of the early school shootings that became part of the national d- discourse on this was in Paducah, Kentucky. And uh, that was probably in, no, oh, I don't know, late 90s, 97, 98, somewhere in there. And when I was working in the Louisville television market, there was another school shooting at the same school 18 years later. The children of the people who'd gone to school during the first school shooting were going to school at that point and had another mass shooting at the same school. Man, that's messed up. It's really just a a sign of how almost ubiquitous these shootings have become. Um, And... (laughs) While we don't know here how we can stop it, uh, we can talk about media coverage and how the media responds to these things. So the story has come out that it's happening. It's probably within a few hours there will be headlines about gun control. There will be headlines about shooter motivations. There will be headlines about the victims, um, particularly involving the police officer and an unfortunate victim um but when you see something like that where do you go to look for news about it i don't know i just go to the apple news app and just look at the headlines i mean generally when the news covers mass shootings they're unlike a lot of stories they're very concise like here's what happened here's where it is here's how many people died you know just Mm -hmm. gets straight to the point with no added fluff because there's nothing really to add. So you don't go searching on Google, you don't go looking for more information from, in this case it would be Knoxville, Tennessee stations, WBIR, one of the finest stations in the country actually based there in Knoxville. Um, that's not part of what you do, you just re- rely on Apple News. Yeah, I just rely on the headlines. Mm-hmm. They can generally be trusted. Well, generally true, but does it concern you that on such polarizing issues that your source of news, though there are multiple media outlets, is in some ways controlled by Apple? Mm, Not really. I mean, with shootings like this, you know, the, the debate of gun control comes, you know, a few hours after the fact. Right now... The shooting happened, like, what, two hours ago or something? Somewhere around there as we record this podcast, As yeah. we don't even know what happened fully. Right now, 
everyone's reporting the same thing because everyone has the same information mm-hmm. and there's not enough information to start drawing conclusions yet. Like, we don't know who the shooter was. We don't right. know motivation. We don't know who was injured or killed. We don't know how many were. And all that information, right, when it's happening from the scene is coming from law enforcement officials, typically who are scrambling to provide care for those who've been victimized, reunited with their, trying to reunite people with their families, managing a large scene. And oh, by the way, the entire world wants to know exactly what's happening before you even know what's going on. It's a very difficult situation for law enforcement who deal with the media and the public to handle, to try to get that information out immediately and handle the, the chaos of a terrible, tragic scene. Yeah, it's kind of hard. But I think at the same time, all of these shootings have happened in America so often that we've just become desensitized to it at this point. It's like, instead of being like, oh dear, what a terrible tragedy, it's more like, oh, there was another one? Well, that's sad. And then you scroll on to the next story in the newsfeed. Yep. I think that's how it is for everyone. I mean, we all acknowledge that it's terrible, but it's just become like an everyday thing now, which is not good. That was one of the things about the time during the pandemic. We went a very long time by normal operations without mass shootings. Um, It's just such a tragedy that they've come back since we are beginning to see the end. Uh, Speaking of the pandemic and beginning to see the end, have you followed the latest on what's been happening with vaccine rollouts? Uh, yeah, the U.S. is doing pretty good. Like, we have over 20% of adults have received both of their doses. And uh, other countries, you know, mostly third world countries, are at the stage where the World Health Organization has put out a statement saying, we hope to get the entire world up to 20% vaccination by the end of 2021, which just shows the huge disparity in mm-hmm. there vaccines. Are 7 billion people in the world. It's a lot of vaccines to make. But I and did distribute. have a question. Like, yeah. So when all these companies are making vaccines, mm-hmm. I mean, they aren't the only pharmaceutical makers. Why don't they just share how to make the vaccine with all the other pharmaceutical makers? So then they can start making it too. And then why doesn't the world just share all their information with each other? Had we done that, then everyone could have had a vaccine really quickly. Well, you know, some of that is happening. So there are, the pharmaceutical companies have licensed each other to produce a vaccine. So that is actually happening where Johnson & Johnson, Merck, Pfizer are contracting with other pharmaceutical companies to make the vaccine, those who are qualified, because you have to do it right. And we saw in Baltimore, there was contamination between vaccines, so that Johnson & Johnson is taking over a production facility entirely after that. But the part, which is unusual for for big pharma companies to cooperate like that, they usually only do things like collude on prices uh, and legislation. But uh, cooperating for the greater good is, you know, a once-in-a-lifetime pandemic thing, which has been happening to a degree. The more interesting question is about countries, because that was one of the big scandals, was that there was a belief that North Korea 
and perhaps China, had been hacking into American pharmaceutical companies trying to steal vaccine information, which it does seem like uh, we're all in this together. Shouldn't we all be sharing all that? But that's not how it works. Yeah, and speaking of China's vaccine rollout, yes. So a new study by Not China <laughs> has found that the Chinese vaccine is only fifty percent effective. Really, I hadn't seen that. Yeah,、uh, China's been shipping a lot of it to Brazil. Yeah, and Brazil's found that it's not really working. For those who are taking it, Brazil's adoption rate is not very high either. Yeah, and. The reason is so the Pfizer and Moderna and the Johnson Johnson vaccines、mm-hmm. all use the new mRNA technology, right? And the Chinese one doesn't. It still uses the old technology, which apparently doesn't really work that well. Well,、uh, what about the AstraZeneca and the Sputnik vaccines? What, what, what have you heard? I've heard good. I've heard that the Sputnik is just as effective as the American ones. Well. I think the Chinese one came out a lot sooner, and China, you know, because it's completely government controlled. Like Russia has some privatization of it. China has none of that, so I don't think they took all the clinical trials and safety precautions. They kind of rushed through it sloppily, and this is their result.、Mm. They just tried to do it as fast as possible. Well. Which you know, I think everybody tried to do it as fast as possible. Yeah, but there's difference between doing it fast and doing it right. Yeah. And so now China's considering just、uh, mixing a bunch of the different vaccine doses together and seeing what happens. Which I'm not a scientist, but that sounds like a bad thing. I've actually heard that there are experiments going on, at least among the American vaccines, like the.、Uh, Merck and Pfizer vaccines of switching up which one you get for your second shot, and there's a thinking that it might provide a broader range of immunity、um, because it covers a wider range of ways of targeting the virus. I haven't really heard of that, but I mean, with Pfizer and Moderna, like both of them are essentially the same. They use the same technology. Yeah, they have the same efficacy rates. They're both in two doses, so you know it doesn't really matter which one you get. They're both about the same. The Johnson Johnson one, it's slightly less effective, but it is only one dose, right? Which is good because, especially in rural areas, you know、mm-hmm. the Moderna and Pfizer ones have to be kept in these. Like specialty refrigerators、right. at really cold temperatures, and the and you have to get two doses of them several weeks apart, while the Johnson Johnson one can just be kept in any old cooler, yeah, and be completely fine. So it's kind of a bit of a disparity with that. I mean, urban areas are getting more Moderna and Pfizer, and rural areas are getting more Johnson and Johnson. And I mean, it's not a bad thing. It's just kind of interesting. Should everyone in the U.S. be vaccinated before we start allowing the sale of these vaccines to other parts of the world? Um. Well, it kind of depends. I mean, other parts of the world are also individually struggling. But I say once we get to around 
75% because there's no way we're going to get everyone to take it. I mean, like, 25% of the population already said there's no way I'm going to take it. Yeah. Thank you, Facebook. And if you uh, they start to expand this to teenagers and children, you'd be one of the first to try to get it? Yeah, sure. I mean, if that means I can go back to doing normal things and hanging out with my friends in person. Yeah, you could go back to school. Start waking up at 6 a.m. instead of noon. Eh. <laughs> well, that's very exciting. How come hey, school starts so early in the That is a discussion we have many, many times. Uh, you know, this your particular high school does start unusually early with the 7.20 a.m., which um, and the bus comes at six thirty, which means I have to wake up at five thirty. Five thirty. Yeah. Did it take you an hour to comb your hair? No, we'll have to eat breakfast and mm. get ready and stuff. Well, good luck with that. <sighs> but why do high schools start super early? Well, I think in many cases it's logistics that when they, especially when they organize things through the district and busing it works out better or they don't want the buses going during rush hour which can slow things down or they just like to punish teenagers because well teenagers are supposed to be punished mm-hmm. pretty sure that's the way it goes thing is i get it in bigger school districts they have to stagger the start times for every school because yeah. they don't have enough buses to go around but my school district personally i think it consists of the elementary school the middle school and the high school, and they're all on the same plot of land. So, like, why can't they all start at the same time? Well, that's probably parking lot logistics is the main thing. Yeah. You can't have that many people coming into this to those shared parking lots at the same time. I know, but still, why can't the smaller kids start earlier? Their bodies already naturally wake up earlier. That's true. You know, you used, you used to be an early riser. Yeah, we'd come running into our bedroom, giggling and happy to be awake, and we'd be like, "It's Saturday, it's six a.m. What are you doing?" Yeah. Now we're it's Saturday, it's six p.m. Wake up. <laughs> not that late. No, I know. I have standards. Well, let's not get into those. <laughs> I've been in your room. No, thank you. Hey, uh, so speaking of going to school and classes, should it be required if the vaccine's available for high school students that they have the vaccine before they go back to school? Yep. Really. What about individual choice about whether to get the vaccine? Eh, well, most of the individual reasons are generally just misinformation and general stupidity. But if it's your body, don't you have a right to talk about what goes into it? Yeah, well, it's also my body, and my body doesn't want to get sick from your body. Hmm. Yes. Well, I think you made your point clear on that. And uh, plus, well, I think they can still offer a virtual option for people who don't want to get vaccinated. It's like, uh, cool, you don't want to get vaccinated? Cool, you get to sit out of the classroom, too. Hey, there's an idea. Then, then you don't have to go back to school. Yeah, but I'd like to actually, you know, be in society again. You mean you're tired of just hanging out with your dad? Yep. Yeah, I'm tired of hanging out with me, too. It's okay. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, speaking of the vaccines, have you been reading up on the vaccine passport idea? Yeah, that seems like a good idea. Yeah? I mean, I don't get why anyone would really be against it. It's like, you have to have a regular passport to go on a plane. Here's just a passport to make sure you're not infecting 80 people. Well, um, is there a problem with the potential to expand it to other things? 
What do you mean? Well, like to prove that you're not a convicted felon, for example, or to prove that you um, meet criteria based on demographics and income. You know, I really hate these whole where does it stop <laughs> arguments. It's like, where does this stop? Somewhere. It always stops somewhere. These are like just for vaccinations. It's like saying, oh, let me think of an example for a sec. Oh, yeah, it's like the veganism argument. Oh, how dare you eat a burger? Would you eat a person? Where does it stop? It stops at the burger, for crying out loud. <laughs> like, it stops at the vaccine passport. Uh, all right, well, what about the idea that medical information is supposed to be private? Um, I mean... Yeah, but everyone already brags about how they've been vaccinated. And, I mean, in this day and age, nothing's really private anymore as long as you have social media. Because everybody shares everything. Yep. I read a fascinating bit on um, DNA and how if the government were to try to get people to upload their DNA into a centralized database, there would be a massive uproar. No one would do it. Um, and yet people pay 50 bucks or 100 bucks to Ancestry and uh, what is the other one? 23andMe um, to check out their DNA and find out what their ancestry is. And because of that, now the government can access those databases for criminal investigations and that sort of thing. Yeah, it's kind of weird. I mean, the vaccine passports, obviously personal choice. Cool, you don't want to get the passport? Cool, you also don't want to fly to the Bahamas, apparently. Like, you know, there was just, it's a risk-reward thing. Do you really want to stifle your life just because of this stupid, the government is tracking me? Like, ugh, man, the government already tracks you. Why do you think we have driver's licenses? Mm -hmm. I mean, they already have your picture and everything about you. Now, in China... The idea of a vaccine passport would be no big deal because that was one of the very early things when you started to go back out. You had to show that, you know, you've been vaccinated before you could go places. And it's a very different philosophy on where privacy begins and ends and what the state can or should know. Um, you haven't seen any of the recent writing about the um, Uyghur and Kazakh minority populations in China and the re-education camps by any chance, have you? I've seen some of it. Uh, mostly it's pretty much, you know, China committing various war crimes. Well, not war crimes, hum crimes <laughs> against humanity. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not really new. We should expect this from China at this point. So, you okay with China having the Olympics in the future while this is happening? Not really. So, to the U.S. boycott? Totally. I mean, we've boycotted Olympics in other countries before. Yeah. I do recommend for anybody who wants to learn more about what's happening in Western China with re-education camps, there's a, an excellent article from a survivor written in the New Yorker, the latest edition. Um, it's worth looking up online to read about that because it is eye-opening to see the technology that's being used um, and the advancements in knowledge about individual people and what they're doing and just what a different scenario it is from what we have here in the United States. Yeah, speaking of 
China and various crimes by Asian countries. Uh, so 60 Minutes Australia just published this huge documentary about North Korea. Oh, really? And so North Korea is pretty much cash-strapped because, you know... Sanctions and whatnot. Yeah. And so they've turned to alternative methods to gain money, mostly mostly through selling weapons and drugs. Well, those are the alternative ones that regimes usually go to. And, I mean, North Korea, basically, how they get most of their money is covertly selling weapons and drugs. Mm -hmm. Or also, what they do is they're like a kid in a candy store. They'll fire nukes at someone to threaten them, and then the uh, international community will give them whatever they want just to calm them down, and nothing ever changes. I also, I did not follow any news out of Myanmar in the past week or two, have you? Uh, yeah, uh, they're kind of descending into civil war now. Yeah? Uh, so all the ethnic militias who are normally fighting the government and each other at the same time have stopped fighting each other to just go fight the government. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Um, and everyone's joining these militias because everyone hates the government in Myanmar. And what the ethnic militias hope is that, you know, once democracy is restored, they can be like, hey, wait, we helped you take back the country. Can we have some autonomy now? Which they'll probably get. So it's a good deal for everyone. Except that the war, since the military is in charge of the country right now, Will likely be very bloody. Lots of people dying and refugees flooding neighboring countries. Yeah, that's already kind of happening. True. I mean, True. if they're shooting peaceful protesters, I mean, why not shoot them back? Right? I uh, mean, there's no point of getting shot for no reason. You might as well defend yourself. Are you familiar with Gandhi? Yeah, well, uh, Gandhi wasn't dealing with that level of oppression. Mm. I mean... I don't think the Brit. I don't know a whole lot about British India, but I'm pretty sure that Britain didn't send troops to fire on peaceful protesters. Well, that'll be a topic for you to research <laughs> for a future episode. Uh, that's the time we have today. Thanks again for coming back to join us after our little vacation. Still a lot of news going on, and uh, it's been very interesting for me. I know to talk about it with you, Benjamin. Yep. Well, like many podcasters, we are using Post by Futuri to create, publish, and optimize this episode. Learn more why some of the top brands use Post at futurimedia.com. Thanks again for joining us. I'm Tim. I'm Ben. And this is me and my team and the news. Goodbye, everyone.